Welcome to the Sports. 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 Podcast. I'm Joel Anderson. I'm Jordan Palmaville. And joining us as always is the Sports Outsider and New Father, Phil Renta. Yeah, I'm back, baby. And my baby's back. Jimmy's oh, baby back ribs. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the world, Theodore Williams Ranta. Yep. Uh, we call him Teddy Bill. Old Teddy Bill. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Finn. Uh, yes, his name is Finn James Ranta, born, uh, in the year of our Lord 2020 on December 3rd. Baby and mother are doing great. Tony the Tiger. I would love to hear it. And how's dad? Dad is tired. Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna, I'm gonna be a bit punchy on this podcast. Yeah. We thought we should warn everybody. (laughs) Yep. That's it. You're getting punchy Phil. Smoky Phil's punchy hour time. <laughs> well, this will be good because I know you've been tired and I know you haven't eaten that much. So we're going to send you for burritos for the interview today. Oh, because thank it's you. Kind of, it's kind of more of an insidery interview. We have uh, one of the most prolific uh, writers in all of sports journalism. His name is Ad. Ad? Yeah. Like, apparently like he in writes, Pasty Boys, uh, Ad Rock? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know his full name. All we, okay. I have here is Ad. Okay. It might huh. be short for oh, I bet it's initials. It might yeah. it might be initials. You know how like writers are with their Anthony pseudonyms Dominguez or something like that. That right. makes sense. But he's published on all the websites. He he's on Yahoo Sports. He's on ESPN. He's on Sports Illustrated. You go to a sports website or sports aggregator. He's there. Oh wow! Wow! Well, that's I'm definitely going for burritos for that one then. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds super boring. Yeah, that's way. Yeah, we got a, a writer. Ugh. And a wide world of weird sports, Phil? You're goddamn right we do. And news, news, news. But first, NHL 2021 regular season update watch update. NHL 2021 regular season update watch update. Uh, Brought to you by... NHL 98 for the Sega Genesis. Yeah, we're still producing them. Why aren't you playing them? With the recent news that the NBA will begin a 72-game non-bubble regular season around Christmas, many sports fans have asked, what about that other sport whose season coincides with the NBA? You know, the one with the glow puck? Well, tell those fans they need some new material. The glow puck hasn't been around for over 20 years, and if they remember it, they clearly watched hockey in the 90s, so what's their fucking point? Yeah, jerk jerkwads. Uh, besides, uh, MLB's Rob Manfred exists so that Gary Bettman is no longer the worst commissioner in professional sports. <laughs> you the Batman. NHL is eyeing January 13th for a sweet, non-bubbled, full-fat, extra shot of espresso regular season of 52 or 56 games. Nice. Well, yeah, which, a perfectly reasonable number of hockey games to play. <laughs> right, and maybe this will be a test run for both the NBA and NHL to just tamper back that regular season a bit. Right? Just pull it back a little. They don't uh, try that hard during regular season games. They just don't. And I they're can't tired. for it. Uh, the NHL and NBA's bubble model was so remarkably successful in finishing their seasons, having their playoffs, and crowning a champion, all without any of the COVID outbreaks we saw in baseball and football. The NBA and NHL invested millions in an infrastructure and protocols for player safety for the bubble. 
So naturally, both leagues are tossing all of that aside to play a non-bubble regular season this year. <laughs> Yikes. Well, the vaccine's done, right? Aren't we, uh, aren't we cured? Yeah, not yet. Professional athletes are going to be among the first people to get it. I mean, they are first responders to our boredom. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's, it's athletes. And uh, then it's uh, Netflix shows. Right. You work on a Netflix show. Everyone on the Great British Bake Off is getting two vaccines right away, just to be sure. Uh, the first order of business for the NHL is divisions. <clears throat> now, this is probably oh, obvious. how divided people are over this whole bubble, not bubble situation. Yeah. Divisions, the new world order, you know? Yeah. This is probably obvious, but the Canadian government doesn't want any filthy Americans in their country right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, I, and I get that. I get that. But what hurts is they're also banning those who have come in close contact with filthy Americans. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This means- I was about to say, if you don't want any Americans coming in, I mean, letting in NHL teams is no big deal. You're talking maybe one, two people per, turn, per team. <laughs> yeah, but where it becomes hurtful is... This means Canadian-ish provinces like Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota don't have their normal "sure come on by" privileges, which is that's yeah. just it's just a bummer, you know. Yeah. Also, I don't want to tell people how to treat their problematic legends, but it seems to me that making Don Cherry deputy public health minister to get him off hockey night in Canada doesn't look like such a good idea now. <laughs> they thought the worst he could do was crack out, crack down on you know youth uh, hockey helmet laws and. Not enact a nationalist agenda, but oh well. Uh, anyway, reports are leaking out that there will be four divisions, and one will be a badass all-Canadian division that's 100% hoser-free. Nice. nice. Calgary Flames, Edmonton Oilers, Montreal Canadiens, Ottawa Senators, Toronto Maple Leafs, Vancouver Canucks, and the Winnipeg Jets, all battling it out in Canada all season long. Ugh, I'm so disappointed that the Red Wings aren't going to be able to participate in the good hockey division. See, this is what I'm saying. I feel like if you're the average Canadian fan, say living in Brampton, Ontario, outside of the Maple Leafs actually winning the cup, this is the biggest dream come true. Yeah. Yeah. Though, in your heart of hearts, you'd probably want Detroit, Boston, New York, and Chicago playing there too and just all being really bad. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) ideally. Uh, of course, they've broken it down into other things. you got an East Coast division. You have a Midwest division that, of course, involves, uh, you know, the typical team. Chicago, Columbus, Detroit, Minnesota, Carolina, Nashville, Florida, Tampa Bay, oh, all God. in the Midwest. <laughs> and uh, anyway, but also, one of the things... the old NFC North is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, right. One of the things that the NHL has going for it is its ability to play outside. Which would make fans a possibility at reduced capacity in some cities. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. I mean, say what you will about COVID and science, but there's a reason why the NFL doesn't play in February and the Super Bowl's in a warm weather city. So if you're willing to watch a game of ice hockey outdoors in February in a northern city, fucking have at it. Nice. I cannot wait until those at Winnipeg games. And the reduced, and here's the thing about this, and this is, act, this is, again, science. The reduced capacity will actually lower the temperature another two damn degrees. <laughs> Makes sense. Body heat. That's right. No, and when you have, like, you know, 40,000 people. There was actually a study on this for baseball about how, on average this year, baseballs probably went uh, 18 inches less far because huh. of the body heat of fans. <laughs> this is true. Um 
Anyway, the Boston Bruins are looking to play in Fenway Park. This would allow the Red Sox to play either on the ice or the parquet floor of the Boston Garden, playing right into their strategy to tank for a couple seasons. (laughs) The uh, LA Kings and Anaheim Ducks are looking to play at Dignity Health Sports Park, the home of your Los Angeles Galaxy. But (laughs) unlike the Hardy fans... The, the, unlike the Hardy fans Joel uh, and I described a moment ago, good luck getting LA fans to show up for an outdoor game in 55 degrees. Yeah. Heck no, that's that's down jacket weather. <laughs> <clears throat> they'll they'll uh, just be like, this is insane. <laughs> they'll keep now, canceling games for weather and having the NHL have to call them up and be like, no, guys, you, you can't. We, we Seriously, this is not... I know, it's it's a little cloudy and it's 55, but no, that's fine. You could play. Also looking into playing outdoors this season, the Pittsburgh Penguins, Carolina Hurricanes, Dallas Stars, and Nashville Predators. While the environmental impact of these decisions do not seem to bother, well, really anyone in charge, cost, on the other hand, is a contributing factor. Will selling a football stadium or baseball stadium at 25% capacity Offset the investment it'll take to set up an outdoor ring. Hmm. Hmm. How much? I, I, I didn't know it cost that much to set up an outdoor ring. Well, see, apparently, and this is, this is funny, in the ESPN article I read about this, that, that was, like, brought up and summarily dismissed. And then they said the NHL's actually more concerned that doing all this would somehow water down the novelty of the successful NHL Winter Classic or NHL Stadium Series, both of which are played outdoors. And the answer is no. No, it will not. Yeah, I'm pretty. Right. I'm pretty sure the average sports fan only knows that one of those exists, Max. <laughs> not both, and maybe they couldn't even tell you what it is. You know, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I I think this is just a reason to have them play pond hockey. Pond? Is that meaning, a euphemism? Yeah, I was gonna say. How, so you mean like on literal ponds, Joel? Yeah. But without the boards, this is this is a beloved uh, Canadian thing. If there were an all-Canadian division playing pond hockey, a whole bunch of, of Canadian hockey fans would absolutely lose their shit. The thing about that, see, you say that, and I, I agree with you that it's fun, um, but the one thing I, I, I'd add to that is I think it would be, well, I don't know. I know the Canadians like a rougher brand of hockey, but it would be a much slower game because ponds – not as smooth as Zamboni dice. Uh, also, little known fact about ponds, but there's no boards against the walls, so if you hit the puck past the net, it just keeps going. Yeah, but so half the time they'd be out watch, shagging the puck. How much money do you want to watch multi-million dollar paid hockey players having to like walk on their skates into the snow? <laughs> be like, I'll get it. Okay, trudge, o- trudge, only trudge, if. Trudge. Only if those snowbanks basically become the boards, so someone can come up from behind them and like bang them right into the snowbank. Oh, yeah, yeah, but then like I mean, Wiley Coyote, every time you hit the puck into the snowbank, it'll just make a puck-sized hole, and you'll never be able to find it again. Then it, no, but then it'll be the person-sized hole on top of it. Oh, with that'd their be limbs fun. going in different directions, like oh. NHL 2021 regular season update. Watch update. NHL 2021 regular season update. Watch update. Ah! Brought to you by NHL 98 for the Sega Genesis. Why aren't you buying? It's still a pretty good game. I guess it's okay. (laughs) News, news, news on the Sports, Sports, Sports podcast with Jordan, Joel, and Phil. News, news, news. 
Georgia Tech beats Nebraska on the road, semicolon, destroys COVID-shaped pinata in celebration. Subheadline, fortunately, COVID pinata was filled with candy. It was the store's unicorn pinata that was filled with COVID. Uh, Oh, that's how they get you. Yep. Uh, so on Wednesday, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets beat the, beat the Nebraska Ball Cornhuskers on the road as part of the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Afterwards, a face shield wearing coach, Jeff Passner, brought out a pinata that looked like the red spiked gray ball of COVID we're all familiar with from over the shoulder graphics on nightly news broadcasts and BuzzFeed listicles of insensitive Halloween costumes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Coach Pastor invited a player to throw the piñata hard in the floor, and it busted open, spewing out candy, and the, and the players loved it, right? Now, yeah. yeah. This is the type of relatively uh, uninteresting but kind of cute story that could be the last 10 seconds of a local news sports report. Right. But, yeah. but the reason I'm bringing this up is because this was in place of a different, much cooler tradition that began a couple years ago and is currently on a hold due to COVID. Locker Open room makeout sesh. There what? we go. Oh. Yes. No, no. <laughs> no, it was uh, when Georgia Tech, who it should be said, is not a very good basketball team, wins on the road. Their coach takes them to a nearby gas station before they leave town, and every player is allowed to get whatever they want for the trip home. It's like, su- <laughs> it's like supermarket sweep, except I can't make a joke about how different or similar it is because I really don't remember the rules of supermarket sweep. Oh, well, when you get to the <laughs> checkout line, you hear the beep, you can think of all the fun you can have on supermarket sweep. <laughs> Jesus, I'm sorry. I almost threw something off the table here. That okay. was the tagline. <laughs> I know, I got it, I got it. Okay, so the tradition began in January 2019, which seems like 45 years ago. Georgia Tech had just upset the Syracuse Orange, and the team's charter plane was behind schedule. So Coach Passner took the team to a gas station for snacks as a reward. The coach had long said his team needed a, quote, road warrior mentality. That's great coach speak. That's a very common coach speak thing. You guys need a a road warrior mentality. (laughs) Yeah. And in part... And in part, prior to this game, his team was 2-16 and 16 in ACC road games since he'd been hired. So he really, really wanted that road warrior mentality. Yeah, but wouldn't so the I can... road warrior mentality be that they put a bunch of, like, spikes on the bus and, and fend off people in weird armor? I Well, I mean, I mean first of all, you're, yes, Joel, you're absolutely correct. But what he meant by road warrior mentality was a please don't get me fired mentality. Yes. Oh. That is a common mentality among college coaches of all sports. <laughs> so thanks to a recent and oh-so-gracious change in NCAA rules that states athletes can be provided with an unlimited amount of snacks. <laughs> okay? This is a new. This is actually a recent change. The post-road win gas station raid is now the coolest tradition in college basketball. Yeah. And... Is it is it cooler than the tradition of Coach K being featured in ad campaigns for aspirational luxury lifestyle brands while his players are paid below market rate? Yes! Way cooler than that! <laughs> nice. Uh, it's also a reminder, and this is what I actually enjoy about it mo- most of all, is seeing the pictures from this and the explanation of this article uh, that I read about it in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, was that it's a reminder that college students are young adults, which is another way to say they're old kids. Right, and. Yeah. They fucking love it. Oh, <laughs> they sure. Are, they are so amped to get free candy and chips. They're like, I get beef jerky and Zagnut bars. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Um, 
So in the 2018-2019 season, the gas station raid only occurred twice for their two road wins. But the following season, 2019-2020, the Yellow Jackets were 6-7 and on the road. This is their best record in years on the road. Oh, wow. And I'm going to take some of this. This is from the uh, AJC, right up of the tradition, from back in February, to paint a bit of a picture. Georgia Tech guard Bubba Parnum's hands were full. He was clutching, among other items, a box of Little Debbie pastries, Mm. two Rice Krispie treat packages, a Snickers bar, a medium-sized bag of Doritos, and two bags of Flips dipped pretzels. He was not done. (laughs) Dang. No wonder they're losing so many games. They're filling themselves up with sugary treats whenever they win. It said assistant coach Anthony Wilkins in a quote that I feel like Joel would really appreciate. It's like you ransack a city after your victory. (laughs) I do like that. Instead of uh, creepy Pirates of the Caribbean shit, it's all Doritos and Butterfingers. (laughs) At the onset, the first gas station raid, players were modest. Okay, according to forward Moses, uh, right? But he said with each passing win... They've grown increasingly bold. (laughs) Quote, everyone's just like, it's free, so you gotta take it, he said. Which is the perfect broke-ass college student answer. But that doesn't mean there aren't some informal rules. After a victory at Wake Forest, uh, where the gas station raid was first documented by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, guard Jose Alvarado was spotted by teammates using a large plastic bin from the store for his items. Uh, it was called out by guard Bubba Parnum, quote, yo, are you for real carrying that? <laughs> yeah, because of my finger. Uh, I, I don't feel like carrying a lot of stuff. Guy had an injury. <laughs> quote, coach lets you do that, Parnum asked, still incredulous. That's foul. Another player called it a violation of team rules. If you want it, you've got to carry it. <laughs> that makes sense. There's, there's got to be some sort of limitation. <laughs> I mean, look. These guys have huge wingspans, okay? Yeah. You you should be able to create a basket. Like, that seems fair to me. You can create a basket with your body. You just yeah. got to be smart with the order that you shop. Heavy no, but- stuff on the bottom, right? right? Jars of uh, Tostitos, nacho cheese, or ranch dip, because those are glass, you know? Then yeah. you maybe got a, a freezer layer, a couple pints of Haagen-Dazs, you know? <laughs> uh, maybe a couple refrigerated bottles of Coke on top of that and some candy bars on top of that so they don't melt. Mm-hmm. And then, and only then, do you move to the lighter, bulkier items, like bags of chips, right? Yeah, Put those on the top. cheese poofs and whatnot. Well, yeah. can, you, can you, like, pull up the bottom of your t-shirt like it's a little basket and then fill that up? Yes. Uh, from the article I read, I'm nice. glad you asked that, Phil. Of it course. seemed like you can use your person. So you can use right. your pants. Like, some people were putting, like, energy drinks or Coke in their, like, shorts. And they, mm-hmm. they were described as... Their, their shorts or, or sweatpants had, like, sagged down really far because they had filled their pockets with so much Coke. Sure. Um, uh, but, of course, no fun new college athletics tradition can be complete without the intrusion of the Byzantine rules of the NCAA. Oh, oh yes. While players checked out, Coach Pastner stood by the register observing all of the purchases for NCAA rules compliances. So, snacks, unlimited. At any time. Okay. And coach is picking up the tab, right? This isn't the university. Yeah. No financial limit is stipulated on the snacks, but no motor oil, no tooth, 
no toothbrushes, no deodorant. So nothing, nothing, no toiletries. None of the other, you know, you can't get a, a mesh hat that says Florida 1996 on it. You know, oh, that, that might be no, 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 no sweet pair of aviators, you know? Yeah. Well, Jordan, let's, let's cut to the one that matters here. What about beer? Well, no, no, they cannot. The, the coach cannot provide beer. What about yeah. cigarettes? I think that's also an NCAA rule. Yeah, the coach, you, they, you cannot, like, if a student were to buy it, you couldn't stop them, I believe, with their own money. Although, what if the gas each, station hot dogs are worse for I you than the cigarettes? I strongly suspect that the coach himself would have a rule against cigarettes regardless of the NCAA. I was going to say, that might be a violation of team policies. Uh. You might not win quite so many road games if you were buying free smokes for the kids. After. Right, chewing tobacco only, got it. So I think part of the fun of this, too, is the fact that it's a random gas station in a town that you're unfamiliar with that you can't plan ahead, right? Yeah. You don't know the layout of the store, you know? You, you don't know. You could go looking for some. A center on the team was looking for uh, yogurt-covered raisins, couldn't mm-hmm. find them. He oh, had to, quote, guy. settle for a huge bag of Reese's. But yeah. you, could, you could find, but here's the thing, you know, if, if you're willing to, you know, broaden your horizons, you could find some diamonds in the rough, like exotic local potato chip brands, yeah. you know, what, whatever the hell is twirling on that roller grill. Yeah. And maybe, maybe some off menu jerky that the guy working for the counter is allowed to sell on the weekends. Yeah. You know? Could have some fun, you know? And, and also, I mean, I think the greatest thing would be, cause I, I know none of us are, um, college athlete material whoa jordan yeah i know offended by that i know i was was a a fencer i stop stop it guys hit an 80 mile per hour sauce fastball (laughs) yeah i can but imagine you're a freshman you're going in blind at georgia tech you're a huge stoner you get paired with a rando college basketball player and now you're living your best life he's asking you hey we got a road game in chapel hill if we win, and I'm chuckling, thinking, like, GT is going to beat UNC. But he goes, hey, if we win, what do you want? You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm scoring Funyuns and combos when he's back from that road trip. It's fucking awesome. I got to say, though, I'm surprised that the coach, I mean, the gas station element is fun. But it's like, dude, you stop by a grocery store, you can, you can get the same stuff at a much lower price. Yeah, I think he's not worried about that. He's a millionaire. Um, and also, I think part of it is the, uh, the the raid feeling of it. It's because they only did it at a gas station. It happened organically the first time, and now it's oh, become... Yeah. Like, they just were killing time by the airport. And so well, I guess it's be- if it's a tradition... <clears throat> I, like, I, I like that... I mean, gas stations are small, and suddenly you have, like... 15 seven-foot guys all running around getting bags of chip and ice cream. That's hilarious. I imagine like it's a Surge commercial where they go in and they go, <laughs> Raid! And then everybody just starts tearing through the shelves. Joining us now on the podcast is the most prolific sports journalist, maybe in the history, uh, definitely in the internet era. Joining us now, Ad. Oh, uh, yes, hello. It's a pleasure to be here, yes. I'm sorry, I'm so... Sure. Yeah, we have some questions about your name. Ad is is that short for something? Uh, yes, it's 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 short for Adjual Willingsby. But ah. I just go by Ad because Adjual is a name that a lot of people struggle to pronounce. Is that yeah. a family name? A family name? It there? is. It's it's been passed down from generation to generation since 
uh, well before you were born, let me just say. <laughs> wow. And then, and I can, uh, from your accent, uh, you, are you uh, a British person there? No, I was born in America. This is just how I chose to oh, that's an train myself okay. to speak. Yes. Oh. It's actually a Bostoner. Yeah. Okay. You're yeah. an American douchebag. No, no, a douchebag. <laughs> Would a douchebag be one of the most prolific sports writers of the 21st century? I don't, I think not. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm trying to understand. So, could you tell me a little bit? I have, I, I'm not sure, I mean, you've been published in all of these sites, but I'm trying to think of what pieces of yours that I've seen. Yeah, well, Joel and I read a lot of news, and I don't, I can't recall any offhand. I, I'm, yeah. actually, I'm actually here to, to clear the air. A bit. Oh, that's what we do. That's yeah, what we I'm, do here. So this I, is perfectly I, on brand. As yeah. as you said in my introduction, I am one of the most prolific writers in sports history. And uh, to quote Sir Rodney Dangerfield, I don't get no respect. I get no respect. My yep. my my wife likes to talk during sex. In fact, she called me the other day. <laughs> I'm really glad. I'm really so glad you had a, Yes, I'm really glad you had a joke with that. I'm glad you just didn't quote Rodney that you actually had a, a, a Rodney joke to go with that. I, I look. I research my articles uh, so in depth, and I get uh, nobody. I, I, I am now learning that people generally just skip over any article that says it was written by me. Add. Okay. Um, oh, I think oh, I'm be, because I think ad I'm is at. also short for advertisement. Did you know that, Adjual? Well, of course I know that, but my name is Ad. I'm the famous writer Ad. Uh, but but I don't know how famous you are because Jordan well, let me, and I had let, 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 let me let me let me let me give you an example of one of my well-researched articles that I think is certainly worthy of some Pulitzer attention. Okay. If Ronan Farrow can get one, I certainly should have gotten one for NFL's Hottest Housewives. <laughs> and uh, with it, I had a picture yes. of one of the Hot Housewives in a bikini where the fo- through Photoshop, we took some artistic license and enhanced... Her breasts. Right, right. Now I'm, I'm starting it, to get a feel for the articles you write here. Very yeah. well clicked. First it was of all, clicked Ad, I gotta many you, times. I don't know many, Pulitzer, many people read it. Yeah, I don't know if the Pulitzer's ever been presented to someone whose article featured a picture with enhanced breasts in it. Well, a lot of people clicked. It was more well read than anything written by. Uh, Maggie Haberman of the New York Times. Well, but that's so. Kind how of a come tragedy. she gets also, awards? I mean, what about Angel? Also, Angel, I don't. I think you should be comparing yourself to sports journalists, really. So, really, you should have a list of sports journalists that you're ready to reel off if you're going to say. I that, don't you know, read that. <laughs> you know, you shouldn't. Trap. You can't just add a, like a New York Times, you know, writer. Obviously, they wouldn't be comparable to a sports columnist. Well, I don't just write about sports. That's the thing. I write about things that are relevant to sports people. For example, do you know what the worst cheeseburger in America is and that it's sold in Los Angeles? <laughs> I mean, no, I, I, 
And then I had a pick a picture of it was split in half. One is somebody taking a bite of a burger, and the other one is him vomiting. Wow. It tells quite the story through Pictuous. Well, okay, Ed, how about this? I think some of the examples you're giving us would qualify as what some people would refer to as clickbait. Right. Click click what? Clickbait. Clickbait. They're they're just sort of trying to grab the eye and get you to click. Oh, that's ridiculous. Did Dostoevsky have clickbait just because a lot of people read... You know, his books? <laughs> I don't think so. Every part of that example is is, is, is off. Uh, I mean, yeah. not that many people read Dostoevsky, and there was no clicking back then. And if yeah. Dostoevsky had, like, titled his books, like, Crime and Punishment and Hot-Ass Bods, I think, you know, you might be able to make a case for him attempting clickbait. Look... Just because I write about things people want to click on doesn't make it clickbait. It just means I'm writing about relevant topics. Like, check out these women who bagged Ryan Reynolds before Blake Lively. (laughs) People want to know who bagged Ryan Reynolds. That's a pretty lucky grope right there. Exactly. People want to know this information. Also, Uh, I'm... Can you elaborate on the worst burger in Los Angeles? I, see, I, see, that's that's the thing. It's been or in my head ever since he brought it up. Or what about the ugliest cheerleaders in America? <laughs> less less interested there. Less no, interested because there. then I had a picture of a a beautiful looking uh, cheerleader, and we photoshopped her teeth to look not as beautiful. Yeah, okay. don't. It I think really that's the opposite of what I'm going to click on. Right. Yeah. But I think Jordan, you were closer way, with the I, Photoshop breasts in terms of getting me to click. I also get the sense that the uh, if, if you actually get him to tell you what the answer is for the worst burger in L.A., you're going to be really disappointed and regret that you pushed this hard. Well, let me tell you, after people are done eating the cheeseburgers, they'll certainly be interested in... This person lost 600 pounds with one pill a day. Yeah, I mean, how could you do that? 600 pounds? Don't you want to read? I did so much research, I actually gained 600 pounds and then tried every pill until I was able to lose the weight. Where's my Pulitzer? How many many different pages am I going to have to click through to get to the number one on any of these? Well, it takes quite a few. I like to build suspense through a slideshow. <laughs> See, I like, to, I like to marry content and visuals and commerce all into this beautiful soup. Oh, this beautiful, delicious soup. No, no, I got it. More like you like to take the one piece of information that people clicked in your link for and push it to the very end so that exactly. people have to click through the disgusting slurry of advertising. Not sl- slurry. Would you call would you call the the beginning of usual suspects slurry just to figure out who is Kaiser Sose? No. No, no. And for no. example, I wrote an article recently that was called Try One Week Free. And it was a had a picture of the Netflix logo. <laughs> is that just slurry? 
Look, I'm giving people important information. They can get a week free of endless content. Now, Ad, if you do really want to win a I found that! Nobody knew they could get a week free until Ad came along. Where's my Pulitzer? Fair enough, but here's the thing. I think the Pulitzer community typically focuses on what we in the journalistic community call high-touch pieces uh, that don't necessarily get the most readership, but are, uh, you know, displaying the most quality. So do you have any examples of stuff that you've written where it was like, okay, this might not be as clicky as some of my other stuff, but it's definitely one of the best examples of my work. Yeah. Oh, yes. No, this is, this is a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Like the... 10 hottest butts in ladies volleyball. <laughs> I'm actually really interested in seeing that article, but uh Then where's my Pulitzer Joel? But I'm not on the Pulitzer committee. You might want to try a little mm. bit harder. Is there anything else that's, you know, a little bit more in depth? Maybe I'm like a very important issue like the economy? Sure. Possibly. Sure. You, yeah. Perfect. Then how about podcast, so. my recent article, go through this list and avoid these money wasters. And there's a beautiful woman wearing a tank top shirt at a grocery store grabbing <laughs> something from the shelf. I hate to say this, but I've actually written a version of that article, so... And where's your <laughs> Pulitzer? Yeah, I, I did not get a Pulitzer either, so... See, I gotta ask, aren't you upset about that? How much, how much synergy is there between you, the writer of the article, and the person who is deciding on the graphic to use for with your headline? Oh, I do all of my own graphics. Really? Uh, it's all okay. part of what I call the content mix. <laughs> See, Adjuel really- is very specific about what he needs for his art. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. I I think we got it, Adjual. So you you kind of <laughs> yeah. you kind of write clickbaity pieces and no, uh, I they, write they... highly clickable pieces because people want to know what that NASA has found an ocean planet close to the Earth. I think what that... you should maybe focus on is the fact that you're not going to win a Pulitzer because those are very difficult to win. But you should take some satisfaction. A lot of people are reading your pieces. You know, ah, there's something to be yeah. said about popularity. You know, even if it doesn't result in rewards. Here's my suggestion, Ad. Once you get off this interview, why don't you go home, take a seat, you know, on your porch or somewhere quiet Mm, where you can just enjoy things, brew up a nice pot of tea, send me uh, the link to that uh, 15 best butts in in volleyball, uh, and then really try and enjoy the fact that it's like, Pulitzer or not, you're here communicating with people. Though that sounds absolutely lovely, but I do live in a studio apartment. You don't say. Yes. Well, you could still do the tea. If I could afford it. Yeah. Thank you very much, Adjual. I really You're appreciate welcome. you coming. <laughs> and now it's time for another wide world of weird sports! Oh, it's weird sports! I'm weird sports! Wide World Weird Sports. What do we got this week? This week's Wide World Weird Sports, Kamogi. Kamogi. Kamogi is an Irish stick and ball team sport played by women. Oh. So. No men allowed. So like Lady Hurling? Uh, no, it's played by 100,000 women in Ireland and worldwide, but largely amongst Irish communities. It's a variant of the game Hurling, 
which is played by men only, but it's adapted to suit women. Well, tell us a little more. Boy, the adaptations to quote-unquote suit women, in my experience in sports, tend to be more insulting than reasonable, but... That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Well, the game consists of two 30-minute halves. There is a halftime interval of 10 minutes. An event of extra time, halves must consist of 10 minutes each. Each team has 15 players on the field. Within the 15 players, each team consists of one goalkeeper, three fullbacks, three halfbacks, and two centre field players. Three forward players, three full forward players, with a minimum requirement of 12 players on the pitch at all times. You guys getting it so far? Uh, kind yeah, of. I'm a, li- I'm a little... Okay, I'm a, yeah, I'm following. Shit ton of people with sticks. Okay. Little bad <laughs> ends on them. The rules are almost identical to hurling with a few exceptions. Exception number one, goalkeepers wear the same colors as outfield players. I guess that's different than hurling. <laughs> yes. But like you said, they're they're changing the rules to make it more female friendly. So there's more outfits? Yep, exactly. Uh, number two, a camogie player can hard pass any score from play. What? I don't I don't know what that means. I'm gonna I'm gonna come out and be honest here. Now I'm I'm lost. I'm hopelessly lost now. No, uh, it's, it's if a score comes up, they can say no. Hard pass. Exactly, exactly. No, actually uh, I wanna understand. I don't wanna hear no Joel's literal <laughs> translation of what it is as a joke. I wanna know I wanna know the sport. Yeah, well, I mean it's it's hard because I have not seen the sport. Um, but I assume it's like uh <laughs> You know, and probably in the other one, you can't pass all the time. There's rules about passing, and this one you can pass at any time, you know? <laughs> Maybe like icing and hockey, which is something else I don't understand. Oh, jeez. Did you at least bring back the burritos, Phil? Yeah, of course I did. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, I got, I got some that you might understand. So the ball is called a silatar. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, yeah. they use a smaller one. Than hurlers. Hurlers okay. use a size five. They use a size four. That's all size smaller silatar. Oh, I guess those are pretty similarly sized, though. I think I don't really yeah. know what the scale of silatar. Yeah, size is. what would be a yeah? You don't know the difference between a size. Five could be a beach ball, and a four could be a golf ball. No, they they look like uh, baseballs. So I'm assuming it's the difference between like a baseball and like, I guess yeah. it's a smaller baseball. A softball, yeah, like a, a softball, a, a baseball versus a Japanese baseball. Yeah, right? they use a slightly smaller ball, I but that's know. it's almost. But that's almost imperceptibly smaller. I would say. Well, you never know. Maybe it's a four and a five. Well, well, here's one. Here's one. So dropping the kamogi stick to hand pass a ball is permitted. You just drop oh. your stick and grab the ball and just chuck it at someone. That's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to I hold imagine... on to the stick the whole time. You can drop it and just uh, just throw the throw the ball. The silatar. Though I imagine the the disincentive of using your hand to do it would be you'll probably get whacked by sticks a lot trying. Yeah, maybe. It's kind of like, you know, even if they let you play the puck with your hand in ice hockey, I imagine a lot of people still wouldn't try. Right. There's natural disincentives. Yeah. Uh, here, here's one side to side charges are forbidden, which is permitted in hurling. 
which I assume is when all 15 of them just go, ah, and they all charge at the goal at the same time. Yeah. Probably. Or or side to side, like they they charge from one side of the field to the other laterally. I don't know, maybe. Maybe I should have done hurling as the sport first, and then we could have done this one as the <laughs> no, next one. Because I'm sure, I'm sure we've already done hurling like four years ago. <laughs> That's probably true. That's probably true. Uh, and another big difference, and I don't know if you guys are going to believe this, but in this version, players must wear skirts or skorts rather than shorts. Speaking of the insulting... <laughs> Yeah, it's traditional gender stuff. To have it be a quote-unquote women's sport, <laughs> unless yeah. of course maybe maybe they enjoy it more. I mean, that does seem like maybe. Oh, but no, if it's sports, then it's it's not more freedom for your legs. It's just stupid. Yeah, then it's just shorts with more fabric over it. Yeah, it's strange. Why? Other than some sort of outdated sense of genteelism. Uh, well, guess who's won the most national championships? Ireland. Ireland. Uh, no, Cork. Oh. <laughs> because there's oh. many teams within Ireland. Yeah. There's right. Antrim, Armagh, Carlo, Cavan, Clare, Cork. Oh, yeah. D- oh, put Derry, a Cork in it, Phil. We get it. Donegal, Down, Dublin, Europe. There's just one called Europe. Europe at large faces the uh, one individual counties from Ireland. Exactly. Toronto has one. Western Australia has one. London has one. They're almost all the rest of them are just cities in Ireland. Yeah, what about, like, Boston? Uh, no, the United States does have one. So, but I, but I have a feeling that's just Boston. To, like, a city with a large Irish population. Yeah, it's just called United States, so I assume it's mostly immigrants. And that brings it into another wide world of weird sports. I oh, didn't you also mention New South Wales has one. Citizens of Podcast Town, this brings you close to the sports. 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 Podcast. But before we go, we're going to bring back Agile Willoughby to give yeah. you our contact information. Oh, yes. You can find us on the Facebook by going to facebook.com slash sports number three podcast. That's facebook.com. Slash Sports, the number three podcast. There's many, many articles I write just for Facebook, including my most recent 25 hottest gifts for guys this Christmas. And there's a girl in very tight-fitting, revealing pajamas. <laughs> oh, you can find us on Twitter. We're going to twitter.com slash sports number three podcast. That's twitter.com slash sports number three podcast. I've actually got hundreds of Twitter accounts where I'll post everything from the sexiest girls of golf all the way to this. These are inventions that you'll be seeing next year. <laughs> oh, you can find all of our back episodes at anchor.fm slash sports number three podcast. That's anchor.fm slash sports number three podcast. You may even hear some of my work on this podcast in the drops. You bet, bet you didn't know I wrote those. I, I didn't. Yeah. Mentos feel the rush in your mouth to some of my finest work. Hey, guys. Joel. Joel. Congrats again, Phil. Thanks, Thanks Joel. Joel.